So videotape it, which... Yes. Yeah. We sure do. That's why there's a camera right there. Yep. Gotta reference the camera. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, Ryan Alexander Holmes, to the uh, Have a Seat podcast with Anthony Pacheco and Betsy Hayes. How did <laughs> That's you guys, what this is. How did you guys cool. meet? We met... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, So I was in the acting studio at Santa Monica. Okay. And one of the scenes that the people, uh, two of the dudes in our class got was from Angels in America, which is a very, uh, pres- I don't know, it's a very important play about AIDS in America, and, uh, you know, it has a lot of themes and stuff. So they were doing a play, or a scene from that, and then one of the other um, students was like, oh, by the way, USC is doing this play uh, for anybody that's curious or, you know, wants to go see it. And I was like, yeah, like I was kind of at the point where I was just trying to soak up as much information of plays and movies and, mm-hmm. you know, do my research as an actor. Uh, and so I went and saw it and he was the star, one of the stars the shite, uh, I guess <laughs> the you bright could say shining that. star. Yeah, no. As soon as he was uh, in the scene, I was completely like, just stuck. Like he was brilliant in the character. Thank you. Aww. Yeah. you played a very the flamboyant man <laughs> who gets AIDS and dies. Also dresses as a woman, does a whole thing. It was so you sold the fuck out of it. And then what happened <laughs> after I saw it? Like we didn't talk like that night. I just went back and was like, wow, that was amazing. Um, I was at work at public school and he walked in and sat at a table and I was like, why do I, I know this person. Is he, I, I was like, he's an actor, but I'm not sure where I know him from, like a movie mm-hmm. or a show or something. And then it hit me and I just went over and I was like, Hey, I saw your play. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Got to talk to this yeah, guy. I was like, Oh, awesome. Thank you. And you had just graduated at that time. I think I had just graduated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just graduated like probably from- like, the week before USC, oh, okay. the MFA program at USC. Oh, nice. um, but yeah, that play was because I, I had an uncle who passed away from AIDS when I was a kid. Oh, really? Um, and so that was ooh, it was very emotional for me because yeah. I was diving back into, you know, whatever he may have felt. And uh, he 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 died when I was six years old, so I never really got to really understand what happened to him. How old are you now? I'm 28. Okay. And I did this when I was 27. It was last year. Okay. But it it was it was in it was an insane emotional experience because when you're a kid you don't really think about what these people oh, are absolutely. going through emotionally yeah. and physically and how that that debilitating disease affects with your affects your psyche and your physical health and mm-hmm. your mental health and you know it helped me experience an inkling of what that might did might he, have been which was immensely painful for me so I can't yeah. imagine what it was like for him oh yeah yeah did he get it from a blood transfusion uh I don't know how he got it but I'm mm-hmm. I don't think it was a blood transfusion honestly no oh, yeah okay. yeah because my my grandma's mother so my great grandma died yeah. when I was two from AIDS and it was like from a blood transfusion oh, okay yeah and that was that's something that has to do with AIDS pertaining to me but it was very mm-hmm. like I just remember growing up, like, I was very close to my grandma. Yeah. And she was really close to her mom. She was, like, her everything. And I just always remember, like, on, like, the birth her birthday, and it was always emotional. And, like, growing up, basically, AIDS was always, like, talked yeah. about and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and, it, and I learned how, how it completely decimated 
uh, gay communities. Oh yeah, in mm. major cities. What is your sexuality? I'm. <laughs> Let me just ask. <laughs> wow. Real quick. Wow. Uh, I I identify as straight. Okay. I do. Yeah. I do. I was I, actually I was honestly shocked when <clears throat> I started yeah. talking to you and you didn't have the yeah. flamboyance. I was like, oh mm-hmm. fuck, he's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was kind of who you were, but you put that on for the mm-hmm. character. It was brilliant. And when it comes to sexuality, I really, after doing that play and a number of my friends who have come out over the years, mm-hmm. I really do think it's a spectrum, and I yeah. don't, and that's why I hesitate to really <laughs> like. Uh, give a concrete answer to that because I don't mm. really know. Yeah. My whole life, the whole life I've been straight, and I, you know, probably will stay straight for the rest of my life. But Same. I think, yeah, I think yeah. categorizing it is it's is, weird. It is, is kind of weird. No, I yeah. totally agree. You know what I mean? I totally agree. Yeah, yeah we uh, we were talking to somebody else, and or maybe it was just us. We kind of dove in. I was like, I don't really think it's a spectrum necessarily whether mm-hmm. it's like you're more straight or you're more gay it's more just like what do you what gets you off is it yeah. men women is it feet is it not yeah, exactly. is it bondage is it like there's so many there's mm-hmm. so much stuff that's not even really even related to your genitals that is sexual mm-hmm. like there's it's just like a such a big spectrum of stuff yeah. that gets you off or could get a person <laughs> off as long as it's not kids yeah yeah, any any like willing yeah, participant, <laughs> whatever that may go. be, I yeah, that's why I've always thought like saying like I'm gay is like even a weird label in itself. It's just I prefer men. Yeah, mm-hmm. or no, I agree. Or I prefer burly men. Like it could be yeah. even that specific. You know, it puts you in a category which like mm-hmm. is kind of limiting. I feel like yeah, and then I it's like agree. trying yeah. to put all of these people who like men. Because I would be in that category, so I don't understand why just because you're a guy, mm-hmm. I'm a girl, we both like the same type of people in yeah. bed, why are we now separated? I, I think it's a sense of community, especially back then when they first were coming out, there's just, oh, yeah. everyone was against them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it, strength in numbers, I feel like. How do you study and like get into a character like that? Um, Jeez, where do I start? I mean, I read the script like a million times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And I don't know, it... There's a click that happens when you're doing your research. And, mm-hmm. of course, you go down this black hole of, um, of going, this happened in 1985 and was written in the, was written in the 80s by mm-hmm. Tony Kushner um, during the AIDS epidemic. So my research was really like asking my family about my uncle and his life, mm-hmm. um, talking to our director who grew up in New York in the 80s mm-hmm. and lost a lot of friends. That's probably the best uh, research tool for me is ta- is first hand experience. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, because reading books can get pretty boring. <clears throat> Documentaries are really great too. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to people that have really experienced it, and when it came with the voice and the certain like flamboyancy that I was coming to it with. That was a dangerous territory, I thought, in my mind, because you don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. And but I also. But since it's such great writing and the character is such a great character who represents this period of time that is so important in American history, you have such an, a, an opportunity but a responsibility to make it not necessarily great, but do it justice. Do right? it honestly. To tell the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in any play or any material that you do, you should do that. But like, great writing. Great story, mm-hmm. important American history event. 
you're going to go as hard as you can. And th- that's what pushed me to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like uh, I, like I've done the acting thing, and, but then I sort of have moved over to just doing like improv and more just like comedy-based stuff. I don't know if I like compute the same way as like an actor where you mm. do that research and you kind of shift your mind to think like somebody else. Like I, I'm mm. fascinated by that. Yeah. I don't know how well I do it. It's, it's interesting now that I'm really meeting people of all these different kind of uh, creative facets, how they're all kind of, they think similarly if they're in the same field, like all the actors kind of think similarly, comedians, musicians all have their, very just adjusted slightly like wavelength that they think on Mm -hmm. and I think that acting is maybe just a little bit different than the way that I think Mm. how different is because do you do you do like any TV shows or anything like that? Well, uh, you just got cast. I got. I got. I have a guest star actually coming guest. out tomorrow night. Ooh. Oh no shit! Uh, on for the people, Shauna Rhimes TV show. Her oh. last TV show. She because she just went to Netflix and this is her last TV show on ABC. Oh no way! Cool. Um, yeah, and I play uh, Simon, this legal aide to the governor. Okay. And that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. God, damn, I was no gonna because <laughs> it's coming out tomorrow. So. Awesome. Um, but back to your question, you're talking about. Uh, thinking the thoughts of like a character I think this is what I learned early on in drama school was she didn't want our, our, our teacher Natsuko Hama she's amazing she, she, she coaches like Johnny Depp and Ryan Gosling while she's teaching us Oh wow! like it's not a big deal you know what I mean like that's, it's not like she, she's so humble that's about not it. a big deal at all yeah that's what I'm saying um, but she always makes us say I and never use pronouns that this character is outside of us right because when i was doing um um, prior i it was me it was always me Mm -hmm. and there is no separation you know what i mean how would you act in this situation this is you you know you can put all these things on yourself you know but had i gone through those experience experiences that he went through I'd be that, but it right. would be me. You no, know? no, and I totally get yeah. that thinking, but it kind of, I have to, I would have to take myself so far away from what I've worked so hard to get to, which is me. Oh. Like, I'm very uh, comfortable, passionate about being myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I always kind of felt like I would have to remove myself from all the things that I know oh, okay. and then move it over into a new life experience and then wow. see the world that way. And that was always very difficult for me because I've already taken so much time to be comfortable in my own yeah. skin. Were you yeah. always someone that was very comfortable with yourself? Is no. That why maybe, no? Absolutely oh, okay. not. No. <laughs> Do you think maybe that makes it easier that you're, um, or are you still like that? Or No, I, I, I see it as uh, once you're comfortable with yourself, and because life for at least in my perspective, you're always adapting. You're mm-hmm. always changing. You yeah. know, I am who I am until I'm not. I'm yeah. constantly changing and adapting and making new friends and they and mentors and and like new tribes mm-hmm. and they are influencing me and making me a different person, hopefully mm-hmm. a better person. Mm-hmm. So to me I can like use that in my acting. It's like last year or yesterday, I was a different person. I'm a different person than I was yesterday. I say that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Once you learn things, new skills, you, you, you change. And to me, as an actor, I feel like if I'm playing 
Pryor. If I'm playing a murderer or something like that. When you're saying Pryor, do you mean Richard Pryor? No, I'm playing Pryor, Pryor Walter. Character. That's oh. the character. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no worries. <laughs> no, good question. I'm like, good wait question. a minute. You like, play Richard Pryor. Richard that's Pryor. cool. <laughs> you play Richard Pryor. That's dope, man. Yeah. Um, I would love to. Um, but a- anyway, I, I, I think that it's not... I don't, I don't see it as such a shift, like playing a character. Mm-hmm. I think... And, and, and it feels like a click. It feels like, oh, okay, now I'm not really acting. And maybe you need to, like, put, maybe, maybe pushing yourself, like, f- far that way, uh, as, as far as you can, you'll feel it. And it'll be like, oh, I'm sitting in this. And it no longer feels foreign to me. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm just saying the words as this person now, who is also me. Mm-hmm. But I think there is that that refractory period where it's like this feels so uncomfortable and not me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean. A lot of it. Uh, I that's why I was so frustrated in class where I I cons- they kept I I played a spectrum of things like that. I they didn't ever really know. I was never like the same character every scene. Um, but sometimes they would give me these like uh, weak soft-spoken shy women mm-hmm. and I I totally understand like the importance of showing these people and telling their stories but for me it's so difficult mm-hmm. to be the exact opposite and yeah. be somebody that I'm afraid of being yeah in that way where like I need to be heard I need to have a stance on stuff and mm-hmm. then like to play these women who take the back seat yeah. In a lot of stuff, it's yeah. so difficult. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I, my brain for characters and now for acting, it just, with improv, for whatever reason, instead of like thinking about a character, thinking about what they were thinking yeah. or me, if I was in the situation, what it's easier if I just get dropped into it exactly. and say, go. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. Just do it. And I think, it's like you overthink it so much yeah. that you don't even know what you're doing anymore. Yeah. And and I think when I first, because I didn't have any acting experience Jesus. going into, you're right. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have any acting, to, acting the experience, <laughs> experiences going into my USC MFA. I had none at all. I what made no you want to get into it then? Uh, I kind of always wanted to do it, mm-hmm. um, but my family, anytime I bring it up, they would look at me like I was absolutely insane. You know, like they should put me in an insane asylum, wow. which is which is fine That's because not supportive. It's, it, well, it's it's not it, it's supportive in a different way. It's like yeah, they care know, about my you. dad. We love worked. you and want you to. Yeah, we don't want you to suffer yeah. like that, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brother, we don't want that to yeah, happen yeah. to you because my dad was an, a lawyer in the entertainment industry for a little bit. Now mm-hmm. he has his own law firm, but he saw what that industry is like, and mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know if I want my son to be doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what Did I mean? Did that play an influence on why you wanted to get in there? And do uh, it? You mean like the kind of the resistance from my family? Um, or? The resistance and maybe like do you, like that your dad was involved in the uh, entertainment yeah. industry, and uh, you kind of got like a little glimpse of what it was like. Or well, well, yeah, because when I was a kid, they put me in. They put me in all the arts. Me and my brother. I did tap dancing. I did act like acting, oh, cool. child acting. I did um, piano, and I sang. Oh. Um, so it's their fault. Now, okay. um, <laughs> I, I did that for like from age five to 10 or 11. And then my brother and I got really good at sports and that mm-hmm. took over. But I don't think that ever that ever left, you know, mm-hmm. that drive and that want. For yeah. Like something like that. To do, sure. to do that because it felt so good. Mm-hmm. It felt so good to make other kids laugh or to 
uh, Garner. Um, to be in a play and just kill it or something? Yeah, uh, yeah. well, I was never in a play, but oh, I was in class. Like in high school or anything? You never. No, I never. You know what? I made fun of those kids because I was a jock. Oh, you really? What did you play in high school? I played, I played football and I oh. ran track. And I was okay. all American in track. Um, no way. And mm. and then I got a scholarship to Berkeley to run track there. Really? Yeah. And acting was, I, I got injured in at Berkeley. Uh-huh. Right. I herniated a disc in my spine my sophomore year. Mm. Um, but I was I was on the trajectory to I wanted to go to the Olympics and I was kind of on that Damn. trajectory. My times were, mm-hmm. but I I injured my back like lifting really heavy weight, and I Are you was doing CrossFit or something. No, I was just lifting just with the team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And for some reason, we were lifting so heavy, and I never <laughs> lifted in my life. But like that usually, was the culture. Usually, people who do track don't lift a lot. No, well, not necessarily. If you have bigger muscles, you can propel yourself. Yeah, if further. If you're a sprinter, you, usually yeah. or a jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a hurdler. I didn't really need. I mean, I never have done that, and yeah. a lot of hurdlers don't do that. Even sprinters don't do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll do resistance training, but not like heavy back squats, which is how. Yeah. I, just ruined my spine. Mm. Um, but so you yeah. got injured. So I got injured, and uh, what I did was, uh, well, I couldn't walk. Fuck. I couldn't walk for like a month. Damn. Right? It was painful to walk. Yeah. So I had crutches, and I couldn't, I didn't start jogging again until, or I didn't start walking again until like two months, and then I could like lightly jog another two months, and then I could jog another two months. So it was like six months. And then pretty much like a year and a half until I could like run mm-hmm. again. And I still can't really run full speed. Really? Because I feel like something is just going to snap. You're like yeah. afraid. Yeah. So like I still made it to nationals my like three years after that. Mm-hmm. But nowhere near the times that I would have ran, I feel like, if I didn't get hurt. Mm. What's um, your fastest mile? Oh, I don't run. I don't run the mile. No? I don't run the mile. You run the eight miles? My, but my fastest oh. mile, I can tell you my fastest. My fastest mile was like when I was... In uh, when I was in eighth grade, yeah, I ran four fifty two. Jeez, you son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I used Dude, to. Do I always that. wanted to be that kid, and I just was not. Yeah, same. Yeah, no. I used to do the decathlon, so I yeah. would do that's five events in two days, and yeah. you have to run the fifteen yeah. at the end of the last day. Yeah, um, uh, I don't know his name, but there was just some guy that ran. I forgot what it was, but he ran a seven minute mile for twelve hours straight. What? And it was like seven minute mile. For t- what is that? Why? It was like a hundred mile or something. Why would maybe, you do Maybe, or that? even more. That's nonsense. But his average mile was seven minutes per know. mile for 12 hours straight. Almost 12 hours straight. It was like 11 hours and like 42 minutes or something. That's insane. I had yeah. A, I had and a then friend. you look at him and his legs are just skinny as shit. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You, I mean, you have to be. You can't carry that much no. weight when you're running. Yeah. You have to be buff running. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Sorry. Where was I? After oh, your yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, um, uh, so I, when I got injured, it was when I was like, oh, what do I want to really do with my life? What am I really passionate about? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretending that that was business for a while. Mm. Um, but when I got hurt, I was like, it's not, it's not business because I'm laying in my bed. The last thing I want to do is read a business book right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started watching TV shows a lot. And one that really like, like caught me was Entourage. <gasps> Great show. And so I watched that religiously. I started mm-hmm. from the beginning. I think it was like three or four seasons in uh, at the time that that I got hurt. What was so it I about that show? The that... Well, it's about an actor's life. You know, it's about it's about what he goes through—the good and the bad and the ugly. Yeah. 
Um, and so I just kept watching that show. Obviously, that turned into, like, watching other movies because I quickly watched all of the shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I started watching, you know, Good Will Hunting and <coughs> got into, like, black exploitation films. So now I'm seeing myself represented on, on screen. And I just fell in love with the feelings that, that these movies would give me. Mm-hmm. And if I could do that to somebody else in my situation, you know what I mean? Bedridden, just <laughs> annihilated physically. Um, then you want to give it all you got to try yeah, to, to achieve that. To change, because I really do believe that cinema can change people's lives, mm-hmm. that these yeah. actors do change people's lives. So talking to my friend the other night, and she was telling me, you know, I didn't really have... She said, I didn't really have a lot of role models growing up because you grew up in, like, a very rural area. Where did you grow up? I, well, I grew up in South Bass. I grew up oh, in okay. San Marino, Pasadena area oh, in okay. L.A. Okay. So I had tons of people. Yeah. Um, but she was telling me, like, I didn't really have any role models and, like, who I would look up to was these, these triumphant characters in these movies. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. You know, I did have a lot of role models, but I also feel the same way that she did. And mm-hmm. that's, that's why I... I I I pursue acting and I'm going to pursue acting, you know, full force forever. I always find that like my mom and dad are big role models for me and I always connect with characters that remind me of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of... uh, Like who? Like the uh, the mom in The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. Oh, I've never seen that. Well, that's one of my favorite movies. I've said it like four <laughs> times on the podcast, probably. You have. She's, um, yeah. Uh, she actually she died recently, but um, I and I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But she's a British actor, and she's just beautiful, elegant, funny, and just like uh, the relationship that she has with the character in that movie when they first meet. Because they switch, and they've never met the other parent before. And the first time she meets her mom, I cry every time. Every fucking time. I feel like you're about to cry right now. I'm going to cry right now. I'm just talking about it. Every time I see it, I cry. It's, it's it's like, the best part of that movie because, like, like, I have such a good relationship with my mom, and I Mm. can't imagine, like... Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. What, uh, What movie, like, stood out to you the most and, like, affected you the most? Oh, my God. Or TV show? Well... Doesn't have to be one. You can or just like in- throw. influenced you, yeah, the most, oh, dude. There's so many. I know there's so much good. Because when you art. say that movies can absolutely influence someone or change their life, mm-hmm. there's one that comes to my mind immediately, and it's La La Land. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're you're in music, right? No, I am a stand up. You're a stand up. Yes. So what what but about? You also are in music. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I play guitar. I wouldn't say I'm in music. Well, okay, we just had a, we just had a musician on the podcast, and y'all were talking a different language. Oh, I had no idea what was going on. You know, it's just a a thing, I guess. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm in music. No, but you have a yeah. passion for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, stand up is what he's pursuing. Yeah. Currently, yeah. pursuing yeah. is the better word. Yeah. 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 Um, so La La Land, it was more about like because re- I had seen it right after a relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm not even really too big on musicals, but just um, both of their performances in that movie and just the the overall artistic expression mm-hmm. of that movie yeah. is just unlike any movie I've ever seen before. Yeah. And I know that there are a lot of movies that that movie took from, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't care. I just... Well, I think that's what re- art is. Yeah. You know? I saw that movie the night that it came out actually over here this was before i even lived in la yeah and i saw it over here and something about seeing it a movie that takes place in hollywood in la Mm -hmm. seeing it in la 
right after a breakup, and the movie's kind of about a breakup, sort of. It is, yeah. Sort yeah. of. You know, it like is. life goes that, on. That's the Because, yeah. you know, I just broke up with this chick and I just felt like my world was ending. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I see that movie and it's the the message at the end is kind of just like, hey, life goes on. Mm-hmm. Sort of, right? Yeah. And so it just moved me in a way that a movie has never moved me. Like, wow. I cried. You went that many years went without by being my... moved by a film? Well, not, no. I mean, <laughs> not by that much. Not right? that much. Because it was so... Yeah. I've been moved by movies and yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, maybe yeah, like it Pixar does, movies. I think but... it might happen after, like we were just talking about, like have, going through an impactful event in your life. Mm-hmm. And then like the closeness of that plus something that you connect with. And then you're like, oh shit, this stuff matters. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. I... Not even... This wasn't even in something that I had watched, but, um, so I have herpes and like, that's like my big thing. And I like talk about it and try Mm -hmm. to be as open as I can about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did it in class, like did things in class related to it, but there was somebody did a scene in the class where the situation that they set up was they went on their honeymoon and they didn't have sex that night. So it was like the day after and they were going to have a like what happens afterwards. And she was like, why didn't we have sex? Like, what the fuck is the deal? And he basically, he didn't have herpes. He had another, he had like another STD that he was like embarrassed by. That was what he, his reasoning was. Yeah. Cause we write these ourselves or whatever. And in the middle of it, I got so emotional and I started crying and I ran out of the room. And you were in the audience watching it? Well, we were, were in class. Oh, so okay, it was just yeah. like this little stage, two people yeah. and like 10 of us like sitting, watching, being like, okay. Wow. But like, I like, totally connected with mm-hmm. not being able to say something yeah, yeah. feeling like the repercussions of it are yes. going to be so much worse and exactly i just like got so exactly. overwhelmed i couldn't even be in the room and i had to go out and like yes. i was like hyperventilating and like my teacher was like uh a little mad at me um not because i had an emotional outburst but she was like that's what this is mm-hmm. it's this is a space for that you know yeah. like she was like you 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 could have interrupted the scene which would have been that's why she was mad mm-hmm. but she was like have those emotions in the class like feel like you can do that because we are doing this to connect with people and to tell their stories and exactly. you know all that kind of stuff so exactly. that was something that was like visceral like a whole i had like no control over <laughs> it almost yeah. you know yeah it's so fucking intense and that's why we do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this this that crazy world. Back yeah. to whatever movie it was that influenced you, though. I'm oh, yeah. oh, I mean, if I'm being real, I know this is a really recent, really recent film, but Black Panther. Oh, um, oh tell hit, me. It tell hit, me why. It hit me so hard. I cried throughout the whole film. No shit. That's beautiful. You know what I mean? Really? I cried through the whole film. I still got to see it. Yeah, you haven't seen it? You got to no. watch it, man. It's it's great. I mean, it's epic. But as an as an African American, and I'm Chinese, African Afro Chinese American, growing up here, um, it it spoke to me like mm-hmm. specifically me, and it was directed by a black director. Mm-hmm. It was an, pretty much an all black cast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And everybody working on the film was African American or understood like the African influence that yeah. was involved in the film and how yeah. important that was. Yeah. And you can see it and I could feel it. Okay. You know? I don't want to spoil it for you because you haven't seen yeah, it. Don't because I, I am yeah. into those movies. We just saw Avengers and I watched we watched Thor Ragnarok the other day. That's such a good movie too. It's I so haven't funny. seen yeah. it's really good. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. Because <laughs> the first two Thors were weren't so, that great. Yeah, they weren't that great. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah um I still need to watch like Doctor Strange and Black Panther. Those mm-hmm. are the two that I need to watch. Yeah. My sister felt the same way. And I did, but uh she saw before me Wonder Woman. 
was okay. the same for women. Yeah, exactly. In that way of seeing it being so powerful and knowing how much of it was women's influence and mm-hmm. that whole first fight scene. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Did you see it? Yeah, of course. So the first like epic battle is mm-hmm. just the whole army is women. Yes. And it was, they were badass, badass. dude. They were badass kicking women. ass. Just, and it was like, it wasn't damn. like they were just like girls who were mm-hmm. like, eh, like. Trying to be cute. No. Trying to be cute. They were like fucking were warriors, warriors, you know? They really were. So, yeah, my yeah. sister said that she, I don't know if she cried, but she definitely got teary eyed at like mm-hmm. the power of the woman or that's whatever. What so yeah. that's, again, like, people like gloss over the fact that, oh, Black Panther, it's all black, woohoo. It's like, yeah. no, it fucking means something and, to a lot of people. And also, yeah. it made so much money. Yeah. It made, like... Way more than I ever thought it yeah, would, Yeah, exactly. Too, me, me, too, because they keep telling... The narrative is... They keep saying that all black casts or, like, black movies in general aren't big box office draws. And now, what are they going to say now? Well, what were they going off of before? Like, Tyler Perry? Tyler, yeah. But they... But see, they, when you create that narrative... Yeah. You create... You create a stigma that mm-hmm. is attached to these films in people's minds. Yeah, you well, know it goes I mean? back to you know that there's a spectrum. Is that what we were talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like you know if you or if you label something one yeah. thing, then it's exactly it stays in that box. Yeah. Kind of, you know. Yeah. When really, there's a huge and there's so much diversity within the black community. So it's like, yeah. Why are you yeah. saying that black like? You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. make sense. How no, are you yeah. just going to say, it's label not, there's no one, one way to be that race or yeah. any race? Any race. There's like literally everybody has a their unique experience, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It doesn't, yeah, the labels, it just doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we're getting away from that, at least labels. slowly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it is like at least opening up people's ideas of what things are slowly Mm -hmm. because um and that's again why movies are so important somebody was somebody told me the other day that um america's biggest export is entertainment and i was like oh like that totally makes sense that is our influence uh what we put out into the world movies tv shows things that people consume Mm -hmm. as entertainment is basically saying this is what america looks like Mm -hmm. And yeah. then the, it's an exact translation. If if everybody's white, people think everybody's just white. Yeah. But if you start putting different colors and different experiences and mm-hmm. different stories, then the rest of the world starts catching up and seeing, you know, exactly what is going on instead of what we, what, you know, the white rich people want them yeah. to think and or that's whatever. What representation really does matter. Mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman, who plays Black Panther, was talking about how before Black Panther they would always, executives would always tell him that, oh, we can't put you on the poster because it does, that doesn't sell overseas. What? You know, that do, that's not good internationally. And him being like, uh, oh, that, I mean, I kind of understand that. But then but with also, Black Panther coming out, he's like, okay, that's not true at all. Yeah. Not at Why all. Why was that even a thing ever? You yeah, know? yeah. Well, a lot of it... Um, I, I don't remember what I can't have all my references are fucked today, <laughs> but, uh, there's somebody talking about how the reason that like, first of all, it is just about money. Yeah. The movie business, Let's or at least, real, at yeah, that's, that's what, what it's is. about. And the reason why all these shitty movies, like the shitty action adventure ones that have no real story or the stories that we've seen a thousand times, mm-hmm. the reason that they get, keep getting made and like do well in the box office is because overseas, if they don't speak English, the translation is just easier. Oh yeah, of course. So if the story yeah. is simpler 
and yeah. just like a love between a father and son. Mm-hmm. Everybody can understand what that looks exactly. like. So they do it a million times. They yeah. don't understand the very specific, unique plight mm-hmm. of an American doing something that nobody else really would understand. Yeah. That was, because just verbally or like with the language, it's not going to translate or they're not even going to have a reference to what any of their day-to-day looks like. But I personally, I learn primarily through like movies and Mm -hmm. documentaries and things that I uh, absorb that way. I learn like... Me too. I'm the same way. I'm so obsessed with like Netflix and like watching like... Um, like s- certain comedians that aren't white, mm-hmm. just watching their stand up. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it's yeah, specifically sounds, who are you talking it's, about? It's, um, oh, D. Ray Davis had one recently, mm-hmm. and he was just talking about what it means to be black and how it's like this and that, and like his personal experiences. And I was just sitting there, like, I didn't yeah. know any of this. And Dave Chappelle, too. Yeah. Well, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. I I had seen before and mm-hmm. kind of just understood what his thing was. But yeah. D. Ray Davis, I'd never even heard oh, yeah. really any you of his opinions heard. or anything. Yeah. And I just got this whole new wave. He was, like, making references. The, the whole crowd knew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know. Exactly. I want to be included. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to feel like I'm... I just, I, I don't like not knowing things. Exactly. But it's also, it's valuable to understand, yeah. oh, you, your life looked like this. Yeah. Mine doesn't look like that it, at all. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting more than anything, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Just being like, what, what happened with you? That's why yeah. I'm so interested in talking to people because, yeah. you know, I know what my life looks like. I'm Every, bored. You never know what <laughs> anyone's going through. Yeah. You never know oh, yeah. anyone's experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know looking at people nowadays, what the, the ethnicity they even are. Mm-hmm. Or where they're from, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you probably deal with that a lot for yeah because you're I'm black and Chinese yeah. and um, my family dinner table on Thanksgiving and Christmas looks like the UN. We got like <laughs> That's you know awesome. we got Mexican people. Everyone's yeah. everyone's sitting at the table. Everyone's represented. So it's very. Um, comforting to me to be around a diverse group of people because that's been my life my whole my whole life yeah, yeah um it's in environments where i'm the only one you know i can deal with that mm-hmm. um but i would prefer to be around everybody yeah know? and because i have been around everybody it kind of does i can't comprehend why people don't want to be around everybody because at the end of the day we we share a lot of characteristics and we have a lot of sim- similarities mm-hmm. and we can all be friends sounds corny but like no. there's there's you can always be friends with somebody oh yeah if yeah, you yeah. really talk to them and understand them as a human being yeah you know race is really important though we can't forget that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know people are different yeah. and we got to understand our differences I just always try to look at everybody as a human being first, mm-hmm. rather than like your skin's black or your skin's white. Yeah, you know, like you're just a person. Yeah, but you're a person and like first. You just said we have, now we let's figure out the story. rest of you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're a piece of shit or a dick, like real quick, yeah. right off the bat, then I probably won't want to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, regardless of what you are. Yeah, I don't want to be around you. Yeah, yeah you. Exactly. Th- it sounds so simple, mm-hmm. but it just—I don't know why. Th- it's just. That I think it's a translate. problem because some people are just very close-minded or are maybe prejudiced or have like a preconceived notion. Like maybe they met a Chinese person that was an asshole 
yeah. like, I'm in a piece of shit or something. And they yeah. just now every time they see a Chinese person, they're just like, oh, you're Be- probably like that because guy. that was probably the only Chinese person Chinese person they've ever talked to. Yeah, you know, exactly. Same around. thing yeah. with gay or anything. Yeah, with, exactly. Like a different anybody that lives a slightly different lifestyle than you, they're like, mm-hmm. that's bad. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. or that's gonna influence me in a bad way because they believe in all the stereotypes that are associated mm-hmm. with that categorization. Mm-hmm. You know. So back to acting. Okay. Uh, what what's like the biggest difference between like stage acting and being behind a camera? Uh, I would say um, people. This is always the thing that I hear is like, oh, uh, yeah, stay or um, 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 being in front of a camera. You're you're you know you dial it down a lot. Uh-huh. And on Subtleties. Stage, and on stage you would be big, but to me it's like do justice to whatever the story is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, have the have the medium in mind. Obviously, mm-hmm. don't be shouting into the mic because you'll <laughs> explode the sound guy's ear eardrum. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever's inside of you, I I I'm just frustrated because for me, I feel like being being. It's it's more of a oh man. It's so hard to dis, it's so hard to describe because they are different. But even even in um, like movies and in, in TV, there are moments where you're supposed to be just as big as stage. Yeah, you know. But and to think that oh, I can't be that big right now because it's film and it's TV is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you end up being like very. When you're mad, you're like, I'm so mad. Yeah, then you keep all of your emotions on the inside. So much, you know, as opposed to like being actually mad. I I was just this popped into my head. It's kind of think about the frame in which people are looking at the scene. Mm -hmm. So on a stage, they're seeing the entire frame. They're seeing you. They're seeing the person you're acting Mm -hmm. with. They're seeing everything in the foreground, background, walls, everything that is on the stage. So you have the room. To fill it. Yeah. That's what you can do on stage. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily about being bigger, but physically, yeah. the frame is bigger. Yeah. Whereas in film, the frame is smaller and there are different angles and stuff exactly. where you you just have to be aware of where the camera, what the camera can see. Mm-hmm. Because if you're acting and you're mad and you go like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You throw you your arms up. And you completely go out of frame. Yeah, out of focus. Your arm, then yeah. your acting is bullshit. Exactly. Like, because I can't see what it is. Even if you're yeah. acting your mightiest, yeah. you know, it, it can't translate. So you have to, yeah. that's the only thing I really think that you need yeah. to keep in mind is, am I in view of the, whoever's watching this, mm-hmm. can they see what I'm doing? I think, I think the director is there too to sort of, I think it's good to be big and then have the director be like, okay, man, uh, here's, the fr- here's the frame. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that. Yeah. Uh, but to not do that, you might go way too small. Oh, you might okay. not share enough. Start big and you can always dial yeah, it down. Yeah, you can always dial it down. Okay. Yeah, that's um, what I've always it's heard. It's dangerous because then you get comfortable being really small. Mm-hmm. And then now you're not showing anything. You think you're showing things mm-hmm. because you think, oh, I'm being, a, I'm being a film actor. You know, <laughs> but like you have to still bring it all out. You know, you watch these performances like Daniel Day-Lewis <clears throat> in There Will Be Blood. That's basically like a stage performance. He's yeah. crazy and he's yelling and he's screaming and he's big, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so, yes, there's a difference. <laughs> I think it's sharing and being heard. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to worry about that on, on film. But I don't... I try not to think too much about that and just do 
the job I need to do. And mm-hmm. all these other technical factors and people will help me in, in when it comes to TV To really film, hone it in. To hone it in and be like, okay, well, this is the frame. Make sure you don't do, you know, that. But still bring that same the energy. Only, the only time you really have to edit it yourself is when you do auditions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the director is not going to let you know no. if you're in or out of the frame. They're going to let not. you fucking fall on your face and yeah. go, okay, thank you, bye. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, that was, I took an audition class for a while and that was the hardest part of like learning stillness oh yeah there's staying like in the frame like this and you know turning your body to the side changing you know subtle things about maybe making looking down all or, the fucking choices of like yeah. coming into frame and exactly. how to leave and blah blah blah, so blah being blah. a jock and then going into that type of work was it like a huge was there a huge learning curve or was it just kind of natural for you the way that i saw it was uh-huh. you know in in any sport that you do you have a coach Oh, okay. And uh, you listen to your coach. Yeah. You be coachable, and you trust that that I think being an an athlete totally helps. Yeah. Because being coachable is, like, Mm -hmm. huge. Probably helps with anything because you have a lot of discipline and you know how to take orders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, take constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. If you have a hothead on the team who won't listen to anything the coach has to say, nobody wants that fucking player. No. Same thing with actors or anything else where you have to collaborate. It's a team sport. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Making anything, unless you're doing it all yourself, is definitely a team sport. Mm Mm-hmm. It's... Um, Interesting to think about it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's done nothing but help me, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because it is it's a collaborative thing. Even in even in track, like you, it's a solo. You're doing it solo, solo event. You do have relays, but the, those aren't the main things. Mm-hmm. I did the hurdles, the one ten hurdles, and the and the four hundred hurdles. Um, but it was always a team. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the hurdle squad, or you have the track team, and it's a thing. And you all hang out together. You train together. You lift together. You eat together. You hang out, mm-hmm. and so to me, track is more of, is is just as much a team sport as like basketball or football. Oh, okay. Um, and when I went to USC, there was eight of us in an ensemble. So mm-hmm. my ensemble was my team, you know. And we do pl- all our plays together. We'd all be in all our plays, all our classes every day, every day together, <laughs> ten ten a.m. to ten p.m. Um, so you have to be able to work through <clears> the difficulties. And the relationships that you have on your team, and honestly, we didn't all get along. We didn't all get along at all times, but mm-hmm. I walk away from that experience learning, having learned a lot about how <laughs> about human behavior because we shared everything about our lives with each other, mm-hmm. and we respect each other. Whether or not we like each other or we're friends per se doesn't necessarily matter when it comes to the overall picture of what did we walk away with from that program and what Mm -hmm. did we learn and we learned a lot about each other and about life in general Mm -hmm. and it made us better human beings not just better actors what was it like going to usc Uh, it was amazing yeah i loved it my teachers were um, my professors were just there i get emotional talking about them because they really did i really feel like they changed my life really because they made me embrace exactly who i was and am Uh and i'm constantly adapting and that's fine you know, you show up to class angry, and our teacher, Andy Robinson, would be like, okay, you're angry? That's fine. You don't have to change that. Use that. You know what I mean? So anytime I f- I'm feeling a certain way, I'm like, this is okay. I accept that I feel this way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me an asshole. I just feel this way right now. Could that change like in yeah, a second? You're yeah. allowed to feel. Yeah. That's how I went into work the other day. I was kind of feeling down. 
just because I dealt with something and I walked in and people are like, how are you? I'm like, I'm just down today. Yeah. And it, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's fine. Like, it, I'm, I'm just going to have to, you know, kind of weigh this one out and see, you know, uh, my mood will change. I know it will. Mm-hmm. I'm just right now. I'm just kind of low. Yeah. And that's fine. Because acting is being in the moment and characters are just like people. They better be. Yeah. <laughs> or else it yeah, doesn't read. Should. And they live in the moment, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they have feelings, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't what what drama school did was start was help me um, bridge the gap by realizing there's no gap, really, that okay. you're always you're always living. And there, if you're always living, understand the circumstances. And there's there's technical things that you need to know yeah. going into like a production or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's always you. And character is always you. My my professor Natsuko always used to say that character is a, is there's is a small part of you, because you're so many things as a human being. You're multifaceted. You're you're comprised of all these components of different experiences in your life, and then you you only have to do a play for like two hours. So within that gamut of that's and feelings and emotions and experiences, of course there's things that can relate to the actions that this character is taking in this production or this play or this movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And each each of those moments you can sort of craft, and it's always you. And that's how I, that's how I see it. You know, other people might have different different methods to getting there, but to me that's the most um, organic. And it just feels right, and it feels like I'm doing justice to whatever story I'm telling when I do it that way. Mm. What's that's a, a beautiful way to put it. It is. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I was gonna uh, ask what, like, do you have any bad experiences working on projects or with people? Like anything funny that pops out? Oh man, is there a lot, <laughs> or is there something I, I you mean, don't want to talk lot, about? I just like, glossed over. You're like, oh, shit. there's a lot, but I, you know. You don't like to talk about it. They're they're personal, not to me because I don't I don't care how I come across, but to the people that I experienced it with. Uh, you know what I mean. You don't want to shit on anybody. Yeah, yeah. and they're gonna know who <laughs> they are. Um, but you know, there's been plenty of arguments. Um, one thing for me was because I was such a novice that I would um, be a lot more sensitive to the things that other people would tell me and think that they're right because I have no experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but towards the, after my first year, it was like, no, 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 no. That doesn't feel right. You're actually being like, you're commandeering my performance and I don't appreciate that and standing up for myself and being like, nah, because when I get up there, it's just me. You're not there. I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can tell me to do all these things. You can tell me that I'm lazy or I don't do the work that I need to do or whatever you think is coming across. But to me, I'm going to do what I need to do to get to that place. And, and of course, it was taking me longer because it was my first year, you know? Because yeah. um, we have guest directors that come from outside the program that don't know us. And that's a good thing, actually, because it prepared me for what the real world is going to be later. Like, you have to get your shit together. Yeah. And do it, and in, in not necessarily fast, but at the pace that is required of you, the industry standard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the bad experiences that I had, I think they were good to have. Yeah, because uh, of they, course. Because they, they made, yeah, they made me understand, like, hey, this is, this is what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You can't come in, you can't come in and say, I'm a novice, so I don't really know how this works. You got to figure it out. 
mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. And that, that, that applies to any situation that you're in because every situation is going to, and this is our industry, every situation that you go into is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Different cast, different director, different material, you know, different character, different mm-hmm. voice, different, you know what I mean? It's never going to be the same. So you're always going to have to adapt. Yeah. So you, you really have to figure out your process. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, at least when you're starting out, you have to figure out what your process is yeah. before, because then whatever gets thrown your way, the, the different material, the different director, the different people that you have to work with, you can always come back to, okay, this is how I work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I know how to do. Yeah. And then bring that to the table, and then we can go from there. But if yeah. you don't have your own process, yeah, you are exactly. going to just be hit. And you're relying on other people? You can't. You can't, yeah. No. It's not going to be any good. Are you talking about getting into a character? No, just like you're... Or, well, yeah, but also <clears throat> just the... Like, to a certain extent, yeah. You have to be Showing able to up. center yourself <clears throat> and know what you came there to do mm-hmm. so that when you get crossed with, I think you should do it like this, you either say, that's a good idea, or you go... I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able you have to, to have an opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to have an opinion or else you will be just doing what everybody's telling you to do and that never works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I meant more like have you done any like student films or um, low budget or like anything besides like the higher up for the people that's going to be on television and yeah, stuff? Yeah, I have. I have. Um, and that that's another thing too because you have to also navigate the fact that like everything might not come together the way it should. Yeah. You know, um, like even if you work the hardest and you exactly. bring it, you, because there's else. so many other components yeah. Yeah, it is and everyone's, I've been, and I'm forgiving it. I'm forgiving because students like they're learning just like I was. Oh, and yeah, a lot yeah. of them come into school, not having had any experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's still, it's still like a frustrating process to be oh, like, yeah, oh, bet. but there's this thing like I feel like you should know about. <laughs> I'm an actor, and you should know <clears throat> that about this lens or this frame. And you should have a shot list and stuff like that. So, uh, if I'm gonna do a student film, it has to be like I feel like th- at this point in my career, like it has to be like everyone has to be on board and know mm-hmm. what they're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's just. That's just that's you looking just, out for yourself. That's just me looking out for myself, honestly, yeah. because you don't want to. I don't want to waste my time necessarily, mm-hmm. and put my heart and soul into something that's like not everyone is prepared to do. Yeah, it's like yeah. uh, it's like finding people that are on your same skill level, mm-hmm. or like, <laughs> I mean, we always for whatever reason talk about sex in this, but like finding a tennis partner who is your same level mm-hmm. is similar. Like, y- if you're a beginner. And the other person is fucking Serena Williams wailing it at you. It's not a good, yeah. fun it's not game. Make her no. better. It's not going to make her no. better. It's not going to make you better. Yeah. You know, you're still trying to figure out how to hold the racket or whatever the hell. So, you know, the people that are just starting out in student films need to find other actors that are also starting exactly. out so that you can learn exactly, yeah. when together. It com- when it comes to making movies or being on set or being in that environment, do you feel like it's like it's only going to be as good as the weakest member of that, that team? Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. But if that weakest member is, like, not that integral to the whole part, then, oh, you know, okay. maybe not. Yeah. But if it, yeah. if that weakest link is, like, the director, 
then yes. Oh, okay. Or if it's like a, one of the lead actors, then okay, absolutely. Then yeah. Or the like if the makeup or the person, editor or the sound, if the makeup the person isn't that great. It's not going to affect everything else that much yeah. if everyone else is good. Yeah, if most of the important people, not important, but most of the you know, I, I don't want to say the people that make it come like, together. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The most integral people. Yeah. Well, yeah. like who? Yeah, all the pieces that you absolutely have to have. Mm-hmm. If any of those are like faulty, like you don't have to have a makeup person. I can do my own makeup. Yeah. You know, but I mean, they do serve a purpose. Yeah. You do. know, and they do great and work. Very. It's actually more. It's it's, it's important. Yeah, and but it's like I can make a short important. film. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, one other person. We're talking about we, short films. Yeah, we don't have a makeup person. It's not going to yeah, ruin the film. It's not going to ruin the film. Yeah, yeah. I think the most important part is is just showing what what these characters are going through mm-hmm. uh, when in it the comes, best possible in the best possible way. Yeah, um, but <laughs> sound is super important. Mm-hmm. Lighting is super important. Mm-hmm. The, the the actual material, the story, having is the very important. fucking camera in focus. Yeah, exactly. Because no one's gonna want to watch it. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you could have the most gripping story ever, but if the sound sucks, no one's gonna want to watch that. Yeah. If the picture is like. Messed up, uh, out of focus. If the lighting is really bad, mm-hmm. no one's gonna want to watch it. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. There's an industry standard that you have to meet in order to garner any kind of esteem or attention. Yeah. Back to you being in USC. I'm kind of yeah. curious. Were you a frat guy? Uh, I well, I did undergrad at Berkeley. Oh. Okay. I was a frat guy, but not in the sense that you probably. And think thinking. about frats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, I no. I was not like. Were uh, you in a brotherhood? Yeah, pr- pretty much. It was Kappa Alpha Psi. It's a black Greek fraternity. Oh, okay. uh, and uh, <laughs> we serve the community. And that's, that, that is like, we don't really throw, we throw parties, but like once like a year, you know, yeah. for fundraising purposes. The, the whole the purpose of yeah. type, the, the yeah. community or the, the group is mm-hmm. for a higher purpose. Exactly. More than just, let's get fucked up. Exactly. And mm-hmm. everyone in my, every, all the, my dad was a member, my Oh. My brother is a member. My oh, godbrother, my cousins. So, how many siblings do you have? I have two brothers, older or younger. Both older. I'm the youngest. Oh, cool. Um, I have a uh, an oldest brother, who is half white, half Norwegian, Ooh. from my father's previous marriage. Oh, okay. Um, he just realized he was Norwegian. Really? Um, yeah, because he was he's he's adopted. Oh, um, okay. And my older brothers same mix as me, Chinese and black. Okay. Yeah. You weren't kidding when you said diverse. Oh yeah, Family. we're super diverse. And my brother, That's my cool. my oldest brother, is with uh, Lily. She's Filipino. Uh-huh. Uh And they have a kid together, my niece mm-hmm. Riley. And my brother, uh, my middle brother, just got married to uh, Kendra, and she is, what is she? She's a fourth Austrian. Um. Um. A fourth Portuguese and half black. Ooh. Yeah. I feel like it's almost a standard for you guys over there. You have to be mixed. Family. You gotta be like, you, you gotta can't be, be one. Else. You can't just be <laughs> one thing. No. Yeah. Uh, well, it's also probably you just connect more mm-hmm. with other people that are similar yeah. like that. Yeah. And my cousin, I have a co- my, my cousins, uh, two of them are full Chinese, and then one of them is half Japanese, half uh, Chinese. She just got married to a a uh, Caucasian guy. Caucasian, uh, <laughs> Caucasian, I like um, that word. Yeah, <laughs> and they live in New York. And then um, an, um, my middle cousin, she just got engaged, uh, and she is uh, living in Sacramento. Cool, cool. Yeah, Caucasian guy. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one of those. It'd be so mixed. Like, all right, I'm so happy about it. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That's great. That's I thought my that's family beautiful. was diverse. Yeah. We have like whites and, and Mexicans and El Salvadorians. That's, that's cool. I thought that was. I'm you just know, white and Italian, mm-hmm. but they don't even really mix except for my mom and dad because my dad is Italian, but the rest of his family is Italian. Mm-hmm. And then my mom is just white with the like Germans and Sweden yeah, kind white. of whatever. <laughs> and we're all like, not because, and again, I don't think it has anything to do with who you go out and be like, I need a white person, but it's like just who you relate to. Like, both of my cousins are going to get married. They have bachelorette parties coming up, and they both have white fiancés. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just mm-hmm. who they met and who they connected to. And yeah. it, I don't, it's not really that they did that on purpose. Yeah. If they had met any other person of any nationality, like, we would have accepted mm-hmm. them as family. Yeah. It's just that's just how it happened. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's who you are exposed to. Mm-hmm. I mean that has that has a lot of implications that go back in time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but because I mean, because I grew up and I was the only black kid growing mm-hmm. up in my neighborhood, in Pasadena, in, pa- in uh, San Marino. Oh, okay. But I'm Chinese, so there's a lot of Chinese people. Did you uh, connect with Chinese people? Yeah, so this is the thing. Like, I look black, or I look like not Chinese. Yeah, I wouldn't and have thought you were Chinese. Exactly, and I would never. And I'm an actor, and I'll probably never play. Well, never say never, but. Look at me. I'm never going to play an Asian guy in a movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and, but I was raised by my Chinese side of the family. So if we're being like oh. real here, I am culturally raised Chinese. That's really? kind but of awesome. we're in America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And yeah, yeah. I am black, you know, and I inherit um, um, <clears throat> the, whatever that means in this country, you know? Mm-hmm. So that has shaped my, my growing up here. That is shaped to my, my, like my any, culture is. You didn't suffer like identity issues growing oh, up? Oh, definitely. Anything? Oh, you did? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, you have like these Chinese kids telling me like, you're black, this is how you're supposed to act, and white kids saying that too. And it's like, well, how do I, my dad's here, do, do I act like that? Or And then I watch BET and it's like, oh, okay, that's that's how I'm supposed to act. Huh. I'm supposed to play basketball, right? Not skateboard and play football. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? Does anyone answer my question? Like, what am I supposed to do? But luckily, I had my dad there, and he he served as that uh, grounding grounding force to be like, regardless of what happens, I'm gonna be fine. Um, what I've learned is that like, I'm not like anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm half black and half Chinese. Mm-hmm. How can I pigeon myself, pigeonhole myself into any kind of identity when there mm-hmm. I am this? Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's rare, and there's nobody that I can really look to and be like. Like a black Chinese actor or a black black and Chinese um, role model, I gotta I gotta be that. You gotta be that role model, and I gotta not necessarily stand alone. I don't feel like I stand alone because, like I said before, I see the world as just mixed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm just like I can be in any situation and feel good because I know all these other situations because I was exposed to everything when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Did that influence like why you wanted to get into like being an actor? Because you just wanted to be seen and like. I never thought about that, but absolutely yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now. Because, yeah. Nah, because I. You want to be like that voice of those people, like, hey, you can be. Yeah. <clears throat> you can be black and Chinese and still just be this person, just be like yeah. an American. It is basically. so much. Yeah, it's just like being yourself. It's, that's how I kind of think of if you were to stand alone. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're 
you have a everybody kind of has to stand alone because yeah you are your unique self and it doesn't have to do with what you look like mm-hmm. or who you think you should act like or whatever it's like well this is who i am mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna do that yeah this you is know? who i am and you know like if i like to watch anime without with uh with japanese audio mm-hmm. do you yeah Can but you with subtitles or, oh okay <laughs> i don't speak japanese <clears throat> but i prefer that than to like having these dubbed over american voices on this oh, japanese the show worst, right yeah it just seems wrong do you speak another language I speak Chinese, you but like Chinese. I'm oh, like thirty seven percent fluent. But yeah, can you understand it better than speaking? I yeah, I understand it because my grandma does not speak English like uh, uh, pretty much at all. So that's crazy because I had a grandma that spoke Spanish, and that's way more dominant down here. Yeah, and you right? can in the in the lang- in the written language in the in the auditory is like very close. Very close relationship yeah. to English compared to Chinese. Chinese is nothing. Right? Nothing is the same. Mm-hmm. No, nothing is the same. No, there's no equivalencies. And no, not it's, at all. you couldn't even figure it out if you really looked at it. No, <laughs> not at all. You have to really study it. That's super study fascinating. Hard. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever like try to study it? I I lived in Shanghai for five what? months. Yeah. And for I was, what? I was I did a study abroad program there. Nice. Um, and before that, I studied Chinese for a year. Um, and back then, this was like 2012, mm-hmm. I was pretty much fluent. No shit. But when I came back, like, I didn't really... You lost I it. wasn't forced to speak it mm-hmm. as much. Yeah. You would have had to, like, call up your grandma and have a conversation yeah, every like day every to keep day. it. Every yeah. day, yeah, and, like, talk to my mom every day. Mm-hmm. But I don't really have uh, a lot of uh, Chinese friends that speak fluently mm-hmm. and that, that will want to do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. That would also be hilarious walking down the street and yes. seeing you and like some white guy that speaks Chinese oh, going oh back. Do people's like, minds what the fuck? People's minds would explode in China when I would speak Chinese. Really? Oh wow. I'd be with cuz all the people in my program were Chinese Americans from the UC system cuz I was at Berkeley and my like you know yeah. my roommates and my classmates in that program were from mm-hmm. like UC San Diego, Santa Barbara, Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. And I'd speak Chinese and and you know at a vendor or whatever and the vendor would like Look at me, like what? And then look at my Chinese friend and like, speak to my Chinese you? friend in Chinese, like what is? This? Like no, are I'm you speaking. James Chi- Bond? I, I just spoke Chinese <laughs> to you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you I understood that. <laughs> and and then to talk to my Chinese friend and I understand that too. It's like, hey, I know, but 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 how do you China, handle that? That's gotta not, be frustrating. It was I I I understand you the understand. history of it yeah. though because. Yeah. Mainland China wasn't open to Amer- it wasn't open to the rest of the world until the 1980s, you know. Really? So they're they're sort of behind in I terms of that. like under and and they have very strict visa laws. So mm-hmm. there's there's not a lot of uh, diversity uh, diversity there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, which is why they gawk at tall white people, right? Yeah. Or is and, that in Japan? No, that's that's in China. Okay, maybe in Japan too, but like they gawk at me too. Yeah. people would just stare at me in the streets, mm-hmm. like like walk, openly, but like walking by, like looking at me the whole way while I'm walking <laughs> by, and I just look at them like, hey, yeah. Well, because it's their, <laughs> their not only are they cut off from people immediately in their personal every day to day, but uh, entertainment wise, like this, yeah. it's out- censored. It's yeah, censored the stuff they get from the outside world exactly. is totally it's controlled, controlled. Um, but they know who Kobe is. 
Of course. They know who Shaq is and of who course. Jordan is. Well, they, that's nice. You know, they know a lot so of So they think you might people. be one of them? or in the NBA. They don't know. Yeah. I can tell them that like they believe me, be. and how, I did. How tall are you? You did? Once in a while. 6'3". 6'3"? Yeah. 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 But that's a whole conversation living in China. But also, it's it's so deep because... Uh, I don't know if you know the history of mainland China. Not, Not at really. All. So there is after after well before uh, World War II. There's a civil war, and then World War II happened. They united, right? Oh. The nationalist oh. and the communist party in China united to fight uh, in World War II. Then shortly after, they fought again, oh. and the communists won, kicked all the nationalists out. Nationalists <clears throat> allied with Western like Western culture, like mm-hmm. America. Uh, communists allied with Russia, right? So oh. they get kicked out. The Nationalist Party gets kicked out of mainland China. China, okay. mainland China. Mainland. They go to Taiwan, right? So Taiwan is my, that's my family. The Nationalist Party, my grandpa was a general in it. Oh. That's my family, right? That's the real China uh-huh. in, in quotations. That's okay. the real China. To them, that's the real China. Okay. Taiwan? Taiwan. Okay. And that's my China, right? Mm-hmm. But mainland China is... You know, every, that's the that's the real China if we're being like global about it. Okay. Um, but that's that's my family's from Taiwan, right? So my real mainland, yeah, I mean my real homeland is China, but where my parents were raised or where my mom was raised and that Chinese side of the family is Taiwan. Have you um, been to Taiwan? I've been to Taiwan. Yeah. You were what, born here, right? That? I was born here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's it like over there? Taiwan's very different. It's it's. It's like from very, the rest of China or different. from here? Because obviously it's different from here. Well, it's, obviously but it's different, different from here, but from mainland China, yeah. absolutely different. Oh, okay. I, when I went to, when I, when I was living in uh, mainland China for like two and a half months, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't want to like shit on mainland China, but it's, culturally it's just so, so, so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go, and when we went to, me and my friends, we went to Hong Kong, we we're like, oh. People wait in lines here. They don't like crowd around the bus, and and you know what I mean. They are pushy like that. They're very they? pushy, yeah. and personal space is not a thing to them. And I'm no. not, and I'm not saying this like, oh, American culture and the way that we live our lives is more civilized. It's just it's I better. was not ready for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not ready for that. And then when we got to Hong Kong, it was like a breath of fresh air because it's more like home. Yeah, yeah. Because all the west, the Western influences are more like home. Taiwan, more like my home that I was born in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it sends back to the fact that, like, nationalists allied with America and Western civilization, communists, uh, China allied with Russia, and you know what I mean? So I had no idea about any yeah. of that, so thanks for... Yeah, but when you, if you ever go to mainland China, you'll know uh-huh. exactly what I'm talking about, and you'll know it very quickly. Really? Yes. you know it very quickly. Yeah. They're rowdy. They're like... And... I loved. I honestly, I loved having had that experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to go somewhere yeah. like that. That's just such a culture shock. It's a huge culture shock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and people who oh were like, "Was it a culture shock being oh in man. LA?" I'm like, "From DC? No, it's the same <laughs> fucking." Shock. Co- there's no. a. I wouldn't consider it culture shock. It's it's more of like like oh, there's more like open-minded free people here. Than no, the, not even know. that. I mean, barely. From oh, D.C. Okay. They're both cities in America. Yeah. They're kind of yeah. the same. Yeah. What about, I mean, all major cities are kind of like that. I feel like if you go, even if you go to like the south, mm-hmm. major cities are 
are more or less like major cities anywhere in America. But when you start going to like the rural areas, mm. oh that's where God. they differ for sure. Yes, when it's that's not where safe the personalities. for me and people like me. Yeah, man. yeah. Have you traveled to any places like that? I've been, I think I've been to like forty-two states. I think I I think I'm missing maybe like 46. I think For I'm missing. For what? Like just because I just go on road trips with my family in like That's dope. Wow. I don't I I used to I or I when I ran track every year I'd go to the Junior Olympics and it was in a different state. Mhm. So I was I'd find myself in Omaha, Nebraska. I'd be like, Did oh, you ever have cool. any experiences like that like where you felt like really oppressed or like you just weren't wanted somewhere like oh, you walk absolutely. into a restaurant or something? Well, in the South specifically. Oh, in the South. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, because I, uh, I work with a guy. Um, he's African-American. He's older. I think he's in his 50s. Mm-hmm. And I forgot where he said that he was, but he said that there was a there was a tree where it was in a very rural, rural area somewhere. Yeah. And there was a tree where there was still a rope hanging from where they used to like hang African-American. Yeah. 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 And they it's like a part of their culture there. Yeah. And they don't want to take it down. No, of course but not. he was there yeah. and he was just like... Yeah, it's like like are you looking at it like me? holy shit, man. They're proud. They're proud of that culture, and it yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, what if there's something to be proud of? Why are you proud of that murdering yeah. people? Yeah, yeah. That that always that I don't understand, me and neither. I never never will. When you're when you are um, uh, proud of op- proud, oppressing, yeah, proud of oppressing, but like just unwilling to let go of something that is. That is oppressive, mm-hmm. and that caused pain, and it was literal murder. Yeah, how are you <laughs> in the worst way too? What? You know, yeah, like public lynching. execution, public yeah. execution. How are you? Why? How is that even a but this conversation? Was, he was saying that this was like two or three years ago that he did that. He went over there and experienced yeah, no, that. I'm, yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, that's still going oh, on. Oh no, it's Until still. He told me still Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's probably, unfortunately, always going to be some kind of racism in America, but at uh-huh. the same time. I didn't know stuff like that was still going oh, on. Oh man, there's you yeah. know, it's bad. Like what? I mean, when we when I would go to the south with my dad, because my dad's from the south, he's from Jacksonville, Florida. When we take road trips, he's like, "You stay next to me, you and Reynolds, my brother. Mm-hmm. You stay right next to me. You don't you don't wander off. This mm-hmm. is not a place where you can just wander off. You don't stay go, next. Don't to go me. partying at any dive bars yeah. tonight. Well, no, I was like five or six. Oh, oh, okay. yeah. When you were it's young, like, and I'm like, yeah. why? Why? What do you mean? Why? Yeah. I don't understand. But now I understand. Jeez. And there's there is this consciousness as a black person mm-hmm. that you have to have when you're in the South. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware of your surroundings. You cannot afford not to be. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that people don't understand. Not everyone understands. I, I feel like don't. it's it's similar, not to the same degree, because I don't know if women were ever hung for anything, mm-hmm. but. This, the vigilance that you have in certain areas versus other areas where you feel safe, it's I think it's similar because me being a tall, good-looking, blonde, mm-hmm. white woman walking in an area or showing off certain body parts even, mm-hmm. like, I am hi- on high alert. Oh, you have to be. Constantly. I be. walk through a restaurant and I'm like, okay, there's eyes, there's eyes, there's eyes, yeah. there's eyes, there's eyes. Okay, don't look at them when I walk back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just you take you take inventory of a, a mm-hmm. place as soon as you walk in because you, you feel it. It's an energy. You can, you feel, can feel it. Feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's well, positive. It was, sometimes it's not. It was like the other night when we were walking back from dinner with Tierney and like that guy was walking towards us and I got a bad feeling. Oh from yeah, him. dude. Me too. I got a bad feeling from him, so I was kind of. What like, did he do? Okay. Did he do something? So we he were walking, was walking right towards here on, us on Franklin Avenue right here, and um, 
we were walking toward to come back here. We were walking this way, and he was walking this way. He was walking towards us, and when he, I just got a bad feeling for him. He was like five feet away. And he had. I mean, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but like, yeah, he was probably on drugs. He just looked like he was like freaking out a little bit. Maybe he was schizophrenic. I don't know, but he was smoking a cigarette and like he had a bunch of stuff in his pockets and stuff. But he had a backpack on, I think. Yeah, and he was walking right next to us. He took off into a full sprint the opposite direction. So her and I like stopped and we're like, what the fuck? And he goes into a full sprint and basically was like a bowling ball into these three dudes walking in his direction, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, he just came up behind him, pushed one of them down. And then like, they like almost got in a fight. Like he was just like, come on, motherfucker. Blah, blah, blah. Like you can tell he was just trying to start a brawl. So we were like, are yeah, we about to go help? Or are we going to get <laughs> no. shot? What's going on? Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> Basically. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, if anything started really happening, I would have went over there and like helped them out or like yeah. called the cops or something. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't just going to be like, oh, I'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> but like at the same time, you're just like, what the fuck was going through that guy's fucking head? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you can, yeah, the energy of people is palpable. Yeah, but exactly. we, but I knew like right when I saw him, I knew that there was something ticking in his mind, like the energy, mm-hmm. and I just knew that something was off. Yeah, yeah. you can yeah. like read people's minds if you look at their eyes. <laughs> sort of. I looked at his face <laughs> and I was like, oh, that motherfucker's up to something. Like if, if he didn't say anything. No. He didn't do anything. He just had a look on his face, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he was about to do something. It's like, like, have you ever did. seen those? Uh, I think it's a set of YouTube videos where they're like, this is the look on somebody's face before they like shoot a place up. Yeah. Like they have a gun and they have this determined, murderous yeah. look yeah. of. Because they've this decided that they're going to do this heinous act. It reminded me of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hope I never have that. Yeah. Experience. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is a pretty nice neighborhood and that happened. So, I've, I mean, after that, I mean, that could kind of just happen anywhere, probably. Mm-hmm. Especially here in Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood is a crazy place. Oh, yeah. Hollywood do you live, wait, you, where do you live again? I live in the Burbs. I live in Pasadena. I live in oh, South right, Pasadena. Right. Yeah. How is it over there? It's good? It's very, it's a quaint little town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a lot of families. It's very safe. That's good. Yes. Away from the riffraff. Do you, are you still taking class and stuff? What, uh, are you, what are you doing like day to day? My class is sort of getting together with my other acting friends and uh, um, working on monologues or like filming them. Oh, nice. Um, learning, understanding how to work the camera and stuff like that and just filming monologues or filming scenes. Because, um, I, I mean, I took three years. It's been a year since I graduated, but I did take three years of drama school. Mm-hmm. So I'm just letting that all that sink in before I really start branching out and like finding like another another cohort to be a part of and another um, learning system when it comes to and perspective when it comes to acting. Mm-hmm. And maybe I ne- maybe I never will. Maybe my the tribe that I have from all my ex- acting experiences, USC and the Guthrie in Minnesota when I did a program out there, I have like a lot of people, um, well trained actors who I communicate with and like. You, you know, connect train with, with. Yeah. yeah that's awesome that you found mm-hmm. that community because that's that's what I felt like I didn't find at acting class mm. i I connected fine with people like I'm very good at making friends, yeah, but nobody wanted to make stuff the way that I wanted I know what to you mean. I know exactly what you mean because I was when I was in New York before I auditioned for before I even decided to audition for MFA programs, and even when I was in l a before I even went to New York, it was like. Is anyone, is, does anyone not want this as bad as 
I do. But does anyone like feel like they're called to do this? Mm-hmm. And this is the only thing they want to do. It's not like some like hobby flippity floppity thing they want to try to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. that's why I applied to MFAs because what I'm is MFAs? M- MFA is a master in fine arts, okay. so it's a grad degree. Okay. Um, and I applied to Juilliard and Yale and um, NYU, USC, uh, all the like the top programs. Mm-hmm. And because I felt like I needed to have a scholastic, I hate that word, but like a, a when I say scholastic, elevated. I mean like an elevated education where you're always doing that one thing mm-hmm. and everyone is taking it very seriously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I felt like I need that. Yeah, maybe that was the problem. The class maybe was a little too, like, they weren't strict enough with who they let in, which I think is great that you let more people into the experience. But then the people who are taking it very seriously, it dilutes it because your partner doesn't rehearse. And you're like, I can't do this fucking scene by myself. I need you here with me. And they just don't care. They're just throwing $400 down the drain. And it's like... You're an absolute idiot. I wish I wasn't partner with you, but now I have to deal with this ass who, oh God, that was just like so frustrating that I was, I had class with so many people who were just like one foot in. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's about finding those people that are uh, all in, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And completely dedicated to doing it and will go out of their way to be dedicated to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like, I don't feel... Like I'm, I'm going out of my way necessarily to do this or to be in a film. I want to. Mm-hmm. I, it's not, it's not a burden at yeah. all. You know, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the kind of shit I'm seeking I out want to do. It. I'm like, please, somebody come with, come to me and ask me to do something minute on their <laughs> film. Yes, I yeah. will do whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm asking for tasks that. They're like, well, I can't pay you. I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Give me the work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. like so thirsty for exactly the creative process and to collaborate on something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's and I, I I feel the exact same way. I don't want to be around people who who are like kind of wishy washy about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, one last question, and then we'll wrap this up. Mm-hmm. What What is like your ultimate goal? I know it's a very like job question, yeah. you know. But well, like, just what like if like... you could craft the perfect life. Okay. Well, what would you be doing? What I'll start this by saying there's intrinsic <clears throat> and extrinsic value mm-hmm. in in I think any art, mm-hmm. right? So intrinsic would be and I and this is not an original idea. I've heard this from Jordan Jordan uh, Peterson. Or, no, J- what is JGL? JGL the actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yes. He said he said this, and I totally agree with it. When it comes to intrinsic and extrinsic value, I want to be able to live my life intrinsically and be happy from that and not dependent on what other people think of me and mm-hmm. external success, which is the in, in, extrinsic part of this. I want to be comfortable and be not necessarily well off. I could, that'd be great. But I want to be happy doing what I love. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say those two words again because I keep tripping up on them. <laughs> but intrinsic and intrinsic extrinsic. and extrinsic. I want to uh, derive intrinsic value from everything that I do. Um, also, uh, obviously related to acting and to have and to do the roles that I am passionate about yeah. and sustain a career in doing that. Mm-hmm. And 
and that doesn't just mean acting. It's also producing and directing and creating. Mm-hmm. And to be constantly surrounded by people that are like that and in that tribe and uh, influence, influence me to create even more and to be even happier and mm-hmm. to be even more fulfilled in doing what that is. To not care so much about how... Um, obvi- obviously, you want, I want to change the world and I want to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that way, extrinsically, that's a good thing. But when it comes to the basis and the or- origination of the creation, I want it to come from my soul mm-hmm. and, and to, be, to be coming from helping other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's the long answer to your question. That's a good answer. Yeah. It's a beautiful answer, actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can't. <laughs> I would find hope a that flaw. everybody. I would hope that everybody <laughs> kind of wants that same thing. But I think some people are just kind of in it, or at yeah. least in that business of acting. I'm not in that, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I mean, can't relate to all that stuff that you're doing. But yeah. um, I think it's I the like same. Like a lot though. of people, are, like the the core of what it doesn't matter if it's acting or comedy yeah. or whatever. It's like you, you kind of you want to be happy doing yeah. what you love. And to me, that's. To me, that's all there is, mm-hmm. is being happy myself and giving that to other people. Yeah. Ab- yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful way to end it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, Great. thank you thank so you. much thank for coming on the Have a Seat podcast, of Ryan course. Alexander. Um, uh, did you want to p- plug like your Instagram or where uh, people can find you? For sh- the People is coming out, what, tomorrow night? For the People Which is coming out tomorrow night at 10 p.m. <laughs> this, is, this isn't going to get posted for another <laughs> month want, or so. You're hearing this in, 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 uh, in the future. Yeah. In delayed fashion. After it's already happened. Yeah. But hey, you can watch the rerun. <laughs> um, but my Instagram is RyanAlexH. Um, so go look on that. You don't have to follow me if you don't want to. Yeah, you could also just <laughs> do a YouTube channel or anything. Do some research. Uh, nah, no, you nah. don't. You don't dabble. Not in all that, that I'm stuff. a plug right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. Well, this is the uh, Have a Seat podcast with Anthony Pacheco and Betsy Hayes. Thank you for tuning in. We you can find us on iTunes and YouTube and all those other good places. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Have a Seat Podcast. Uh, we will see you later. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you.